Welcome to Let's Clear the Air, a podcast sponsored by the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center, dedicated to educating listeners about allergies, asthma, and immunology. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for tuning in for another episode of Let's Clear the Air. Today, I'm here with Dr. Roman. Dr. Roman, we have had you on the podcast a couple of times, and we're so excited just to have you back and joining us again. We are in Cookville today where you see patients. Um, I know it's getting close. School and college and people are getting ready to move out of their parents' houses. So we are talking on the topic of mold today. A lot of people have asked questions about mold. So we're here to answer those questions, but also kind of debunk anything. If there's any of those questions that, you know, you may have, today's the day to listen. So thank you again, Dr. Roman, for showing up and being here today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again, Kaylee. I'm excited to be back. And I love what you said. I think we're going to sort of clear the air on mold and, um, you know, some of the risks of being exposed to mold, but also debunking some of those myths. I mean, there's so much to talk about with mold, and I'm really looking forward to this episode with you. So tell me about these people that have questions about how to live in a mold environment. Yeah, that's that's really a great question. I know we have listeners probably from all over the world, but certainly all over the United States. Um, But just to specify specifically for Tennessee, where I practice, you know, we have a moldy environment, and I'm sure that is true for listeners all over. We have sort of a humid, wet climate here. Um, I know you've been experiencing that with me, Um, you know, highs in the 90s in the summer and super high humidity. Well, that's just a perfect setup for mold. And so, um, you know, patients need to and want to know how to live um, in a mold environment because, you know, what are we going to tell them? Move to the desert? Well, that's just not an option for a lot of people. So with mold so prevalent in our environment, we need to really clear the air on how patients can deal with that. Okay, so what are some steps if someone is getting ready to move into these college dorms that might need a little extra cleaning? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Let's focus on our college students since it is back to school time. And incidentally, my um, kids who are in high school and elementary school have already gone back. And, you know, mold is an issue in all schools. But let's focus on those college students that are probably uh, getting ready to move out. Uh, Most of first-time college students would be expected to stay in a dorm on campus. And as you and I both know, we've been there, done that. Uh, The cleaning and the expectations are going to be different than what they've come from, most likely. So, um, some things that you can do once you hit the dorm room, if you want to hit the ground running there. I think first thing to do is just to take inventory of what's in your space. Um, take a look around. Do you see anything that's just obviously needing to be cleaned? I mean, of course there's going to be dust. There probably hasn't been a student in that dorm room for months, but sort of look around and take inventory of, of what clearly needs to be cleaned and get started with that. And then from there, beyond just the normal routine, let's take some Lysol and get down to business, let's talk about what we can do to reduce allergen exposure. And I'm gonna go beyond just mold here, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, uh, Dust is a real problem in the dorm rooms, and and frankly, in homes, all homes. Um, Dust mites live in our bedding. 
Um, they are microscopic. You can't see them, so I'm not talking about bed bugs here. This is something totally different. We all have dust mites to some extent, but they live in our mattresses and pillows and our bedding. So one easy, cost-effective thing that you can do that's been proven in studies are those um, allergy encasings for mattresses and pillows. Have you heard of those? I have. I think those are great. Yes. And, um, you know, I've seen them at locally at stores like Kohl's or Walmart. Now they're vinyl. Okay. So they might take a little bit of getting used to if you're not used to sleeping on those, but they completely encase your mattress and pillow and they can really reduce your dust mite exposure. So um, from a dust mite standpoint, that would be my number one recommendation. Uh, let's move on to mold because, yes. as you said, we need to learn to live with it. So, um, you know, if there's mold that's clearly there, you would want to clean that out. But there are going to be mold spores indoor, outdoor, buildings, college classrooms, college dorms. It's going to be everywhere. Um, one thing I would recommend considering is a dehumidifier. So taking some of that humidity out of the air so that it's not that, um, that damp environment that promotes mold growth. If you have um, the opportunity to reduce rugs or carpets, that's also a great idea because um, humidity, moisture can gather in fabrics and things. Oh, so wow. it's a good idea to reduce <clears throat> all those extra rugs. If you've got a linoleum or concrete floor, best to just leave that space if you possibly can. Okay, I think those are some really good points and, and things that we need to kind of be more aware of That's because right. it's so easy to go shopping for the cute rugs and for different things like that. Mm, yeah. So there's different measures that you can take. So tell me a little bit about whenever these students or workers, anyone wants to come see you and get tested, yes. say, I am allergic. That's right. That's that's a great point, Kaylee, because whether we're allergic or not, the measures that you and I just discussed regarding how to reduce your exposure to things like dust and mold that might potentially be in a dorm building, that, that would benefit everybody because dust, mold, those can be irritants even if you're not truly allergic. But let's move on to the patient that has tried improving their environment as best they can on their own, but they truly feel like, maybe I'm allergic. Maybe this is more than just irritating me. Mm -hmm. So they would make an appointment with one of our board certified allergists at the Allergy, Asthma, and Sinus Center. And we would just start with a basic history. We would talk about, you know, what's bothering you? Is it certain times of the year? Is it certain locations that seem to bother you? What have you tried so far to either change your environment or treat your symptoms? It would start with just a talk, a, a consult. Then if the patient is interested, we would move on to what's called allergy skin testing. That is honestly the quickest and most effective way to find out what you're allergic to. And it's actually quite simple, Kaylee, as you know. Um, step one, I, I sort of describe as the scratch test. And we take um, what looks like honestly plastic toothpicks, just scratch through an allergen on the patient's back. We, we can test for up to 70 things in one visit. I mean, how convenient is that? Um, and then within 15 minutes, we know the results of that test. There is some additional testing, um, some additional steps that are optional if the patient and their provider agree that that's necessary. But honestly, you're looking at 
a test that typically takes less than 45 minutes and you can be aware of so much more about your allergies. Great. I think there's different measures as well going forward with an allergy perspective if someone is allergic. So that's really great news. Um, I think that's one of the things that they could even put on their list of things to do before school is come on in before you get into all the mold. That's a great point, Kaylee. If you are someone who historically does struggle with your allergies, Let's be honest, you know that a change in environment can potentially make that worse. So if you've got time before um, the semester starts, it would be a great time to go ahead, get in, get a diagnosis, get your treatment plan. And how old of buildings does mold show up? Oh yes, another good point for us to talk about. You know, um, I once heard someone suggest that any building that has been built more than let's say five to 10 years ago already has mold either in or around it. So it doesn't, these these buildings that have been, been built 40, 50, 60 years ago, sure, they're at risk for having some mold, but so are buildings that have been built five to 10 years ago. So there's really no guarantee that however old your particular dorm room is or your particular college is, that that's gonna affect your allergies. Go in there with a good attitude, knowing that you can be prepared and and see how it goes. And then if you're struggling, if you've not already seen an allergist, make an appointment with us. If you do already see an allergist, get back in for a follow-up because a change of environment might mean a change of treatment plan. And I would like to talk about that for a minute, if that's okay. That'd be great. So, you know, the typical treatment plans for allergies um, are kind of a three-prong ap- approach. Number one, stay away from what you're allergic to if you can. And we kind of already discussed ways to reduce your mold and dust exposure. Um, Number two, take medicine. Now, over-the-counter allergy medicine can be confusing these days. Have you been to Walmart recently? There's all kinds. Right? So you look on the shelf, and I mean, there's four and five layers of shelves, 10 plus feet long of options. So... I don't always recommend the -the over-the-counter approach. Um, Often there are uh, suggestions that can be made by your provider on what the best treatment as far as medications would be for you. And sure, some of those may include over-the-counter medicines, but you may find better relief with prescriptions, which can be done by your allergist. So we've talked about staying away from what you're allergic to. We've talked about taking medicine, if that's appropriate. Third and final, allergy shots. And that's sort of what we're... Um, getting the best results with at Allergy Asthma and Sinus Center. Uh, We know that allergy shots give you more of a long-term solution to your allergies. So they are the closest to a cure for your allergies that you can possibly get. Sure, they are a a bit of a commitment, but the long-term relief that you get from your allergies, potentially reducing or eliminating allergy medicine, I mean, most people consider that a no-brainer. Well, I think that is great, and we have learned so much today. I know you mentioned all about the indoor allergens. Whenever they're outdoors, what are some of those measures they can take as well? Yeah, good question, because let's be honest, in in Tennessee especially, a lot of us are (laughs) allergic to pollen. Yes. So what we recommend as far as uh, maybe new college students and pollen allergy, sort of avoiding opening um, dorm windows and letting that pollen blow right into the room with you, that's not a great idea. Um, so I think that's probably the number one thing that college students can do when you're driving, keep those windows rolled up and the air conditioning on. 
and that way you're not just having pollen blowing in your face all the time. So with outdoor allergens, that's probably the easiest and most effective thing you can do. Great. Thank you so much, Dr. Roman, for being here today. And thank you all so much to our listeners. Again, I'm your host, Kaylee Francis, here with Dr. Aaron Roman. We hope that you continue living your best life this fall and don't start off the school year miserable. Thank you again. Tune in next time. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Let's Clear the Air. Please consider following this podcast. And remember, if you want helpful and accurate information about allergies and asthma, our allergy experts are here to clear the air.